Welcome to Calvary Revival Church Podcast, where we exist to know God, live generously, discover purpose, and make a difference. Wherever you are listening from, our desire is for this practical teaching to make a difference in your personal life and in the lives of the people and community around you. And now, let's prepare ourselves for an uplifting experience. Praise the Lord, everybody. I don't know, I need to ask y'all, I was over on the side worshiping with y'all, but I just need to ask one more time, is he a way maker for anybody? Is he a miracle worker for anybody? Is he a promise keeper for anyone? Has he been light in the darkness for anybody? Well, then if you feel like I feel, can we give him the roar of praise that he deserves in this place? Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice and give him that roar of praise. God, we magnify your name. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you honor, Lord. We make large your praise. We magnify your name because you're worthy of our worship. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of the glory. And so we honor you, Lord, and thank you for being so present with us today. Lord, you've been with us all day long. Lord, your presence has been unmistakable. You've been here. You've spoken to our hearts, and you're continuing to speak to us. Now, Lord, sisters and brothers have come this morning with needs in their hearts, with need for understanding and revelation of their own situation. Some have come burdened down by circumstances and situations, and many have come who may not even know you as their personal Savior. We thank you that you're the God of us all that you are the inclusive God. You include all of us. And so you are pulling in every woman and every man into your kingdom and into your kingdom purpose. So we are praying now in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit would rule and reign in this place, that you would touch lives and touch hearts and you'd open our minds and hearts to operate in faith and to believe you for the impossible. We give you glory and we give you praise in advance for what you're about to do in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody just shouted, amen. Amen. Come on, tell your neighbors, it's already done in Jesus' name. It's already done in Jesus' name. It's already done. It's already done. Because God is at work. And listen, if you don't know it, you have stepped into one of the most powerful dynamic churches on the planet that you come to today. I need to tell you that the pandemic couldn't stop us. We were still feeding people, still serving people, still giving vaccinations, still giving tests, folks still getting saved, still getting baptized, because the people in this house believe it ain't about a building, it's about being the kingdom of God. So we're excited about being God's people and God's church, and we welcome you. But I'm going to get you to go with me to Luke 19, passage that I love, and uh, you're going to see in a minute. If you don't already know, you're going to find out why I love it so much. But before I even read the passage, we've been talking about giving like Jesus gave. Matter of fact, we've been talking about loving like Jesus, giving like Jesus, living like Jesus. But in this season, we've been focused on giving like Jesus Uh, Would anybody here argue that Jesus is a great giver? How many of y'all believe that Jesus is a great giver? That that he is, for me, he is my example of what giving looks like. Because he gave his all. Amen? You know, when it comes down to it, some, some participate and some are really committed. Right? Some participate 
and some are committed. You sit down and have breakfast and you have uh, bacon and eggs. I ain't mad at you. You had your bacon and eggs. The, the chicken participated, but the pig was committed. <laughs> the chicken's life kept going on just like regular after you got your eggs. The pig's life changed a whole lot after you got that bacon. And so for many times in the kingdom of God, people participate. They give their little thing and keep going right on. But what God's looking for is a commitment. He's looking for us to give our lives and give our all to the kingdom. And one of the things I want to establish with you today is that it is, um, it is countercultural for us to talk about giving our all to anything. Matter of fact, in our culture, nobody really gives their all to anything except themselves. Say amen. So no, nobody really gives their all or even talks about giving their all except to me. I'm it. I'm the one. Everything is somewhat centered around self. But here's what we discover about how the kingdom works. How many know the kingdom is always in opposition to the world? So the world says, get all you can. The kingdom says, give all you can. The world says, rule over all you can. The kingdom says, serve every way that you can. The world says, lift yourself up. The kingdom says, lower yourself, and then God will lift you up. The world says, get, get, get. The kingdom says, give, give, give. And so what we begin to understand is that the kingdom of God, and those of you who are new in the kingdom, what you'll understand is that the kingdom operates by a totally different set of laws than the world operates by. And so as you understand those laws, as a new Christian, you begin to live your life differently because the laws are different. Say amen. As a new Christian, you discover that in the world, the real measurement of what I do is how does it feel to me? And if it feels good, do it. Oh, y'all try to act all religious like y'all had no idea what that was. If it feels good, do it. That's the, that's the world's way. But in the kingdom of God, we don't measure what we do by how it feels. We measure what we do by what he says. Say amen. Because there are some things that feel good that he says are not good. I can't get no help now. So, so you, you understand the kingdom operates differently. And so what God requires of you is not just to come to church, even though that's a great start. But that's not what he requires of you. What God asks for you is for the three T's. Look at your neighbor and tell them, God wants your time. God wants your talent. And God wants your treasure. Ooh, look over somebody else and say, God wants your time. God wants your talent. And God wants your treasure. Look at back at your neighbor and say, stop stealing. Now let's look at Luke 19 and verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. There's something about him that I always feel like we would see eye to eye. I just, I feel like we would really have a lot in common, that we would really connect. So he ran ahead climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road 
For Jesus was going to pass that way. And I want to, I want to stop for just a, a second and remind you that no matter where you are, Jesus is passing that way. It doesn't matter where you run to. Anybody here that Lord delivered you out of deep sin, but he found you where you were. How many of you know you didn't have to get right for him to pull you in? He started pulling you in when you were way wrong. He started pulling you in. If you're new to things of faith, understand this. You ain't got to get yourself together to come to God because if you could get yourself together, you wouldn't need to come to God. But, God, but he's passing the way wherever you are right now. Jesus is passing that way. For Jesus was going to, already planned to pass that way. In other words, Zacchaeus got in the tree he was supposed to be in because Jesus was coming that way and had every plan to meet with Zacchaeus. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus. He didn't have to find Zacchaeus. He knew Zacchaeus would be in that tree. So he looks up at Zacchaeus and called him by his name. How does he even know his name? But he already knows him. He already knows you too, and he knows your name. He not only knows your name, he knows what they call you. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Oh, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus straight to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people, Zacchaeus' people, were displeased. They said he has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. Come on, y'all talk to me. You got to really be sinning big to be the notorious sinner. Come on, you got to have big sin. I mean, you the notorious sinner, you the expert sinner, you the professional sinner. When folk want to learn about sin, they come to you because you got it going on when it comes to sin. You are notorious. You in the books for being the sinner. They know how you sin everywhere. Everybody know you sin deep and you sin hard and you go in when you sin. You the notorious sinner. That's what they called him. And you know, it takes sinners to call somebody a notorious. Oh, what you think I'm doing ain't nothing compared to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a sinner now. I'm a sinner, but Zacchaeus is a sinner. The notorious sinner. They grumbled because Jesus went there. Meanwhile, while they grumbling, see, understand your meanwhile. While they grumbling, you stay right there with Jesus. While they talking, you stay right there with Jesus. While, they, while, while they're displeased, you stay with Jesus. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And Lord, if I have cheated people out of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And trust me, I'm going to tell you in a minute, he cheated a whole bunch of people. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Father, thank you for the word. And thank you for speaking to us through your word. We open our hearts to it now. And we receive it in advance. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them God wants your time, your talent, and your treasure. Oh, y'all said that kind of tentative, like you scared of the person you sit next to. So I want you with a little more boldness and courage to tell your neighbor, God wants your time, your talent, and your treasure.
Nod your head when you say it. I mean, say it with some, have a little something in it when you say it. Lord wants your time, your talent, and your treasure. See, because that's how they saying it to you. They talking to you all bold and you all tentative. God wants your time, talent, and treasure. And the reason why we back off a little bit off that statement, if I was saying, the Lord wants to give you a brand new car, everybody would be like, the Lord wants to give you a brand new car. But the, the response to this is different because our hearts and minds are already thinking about what will this require of me. And since most of the time now in church, there's not a lot of talk about what we're to bring God. Most of the talk is about what God is going to bring us. Then even our discussion about what I should be giving him becomes a quiet discussion because it's an awkward and uncomfortable discussion for many folks, especially in church. There's so much that God wants for you. There's so much that God wants to do in your life. Can I tell you that what you've seen so far is not even the half of what God wants to do? There's so much that he has for you. There's so much he wants to do in you. And there's so much he wants to do through your life. And what the enemy would like to do is somehow hold you back from that by convincing you that your day is past, your time is gone, you've been too hard-headed, you waited too late, your window has closed, your door is shut, your ship has sailed. So give up on this, take what you have in life now, and deal with it because that's the best you're ever going to have. Does that sound like anything that the devil has ever told anybody, that this is the best you're going to ever have, it ain't going to never be no better than this, baby? This is it. Take it or leave it. This is the hand you've been dealt. See, that's the way the enemy talks. But here's how God talks. He says, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. He says that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. He says, I'm your light and your salvation. Whom shall you fear? I'm the strength of your life. Of whom shall you be afraid? He says that I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. At some point in your life, you're going to have to climb a tree to get above what everybody else is saying so you can get in line sight with what Jesus is doing and what Jesus is saying. We live in a world that uh, has, uh, in my generation, we made God, I believe, the, I call him the celestial concierge. Lord, I need you to do this. Then I need you to do that. When you finish that, I need you to do this. I need some money, and I need a healing, and I need a blessing. I speak it up right now. Come on, Lord. Like he's a bellhop, a concierge. He just running. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But when you have a wrong perspective of God, you'll never be able to tap into the resources of God. I'm going to say that I'm going to make sure you write that down. When you have a wrong perspective of God, you'll never be able to tap into the resources of God. I often say that this generation, while we treated him like a celestial bellhop concierge, this generation treats him like a heavenly has-been. Oh, yeah, my parents serve God. Oh, yeah, my grandma used to go to church. Oh, I ain't really trying to do all that. But he's like a heavenly has-been. He's, he's like a bum that used to be a star. Oh, but let me give you these $2. Well, let me go to church. Y'all know I went to church last month. Because Mother's Day and all that stuff, so I went on over there. But, you know, and I ain't really feeling all, of the, all that stuff. You know, God was that for them. But, you know, I'm, I'm here and I don't really need all that because I'm the one. Uh -huh. However, 
those same people who treat him like a heavenly has been when they get in trouble, they all want to pray. Now you're going to light some incense, smoke a blunt, and ask Jesus to come and help you. See, because you realize that what you've been doing ain't working for you. So now you're going to try to somehow rope Jesus into your stuff now because you're in trouble. Those same folks that saw him as a celestial concierge who was just ordering him around, suddenly when cancer hits, suddenly we ain't ordering God. Now we pleading with God, can you come through for me now? Now we ain't snapping our fingers no more because suddenly what happens, what trouble does is trouble rearranges your perspective about who God is. And suddenly you realize, oh my God, I really need him. I don't need the bellhop. I don't need the heavenly has-been. I need the king of kings and I need the Lord of lords. But listen, you can't have it both ways. You can't treat him like a concierge and expect him to be king over your life. You can't treat him like a has-been and expect him to be the ruler and the Lord and the resource that you need. At some point in your life, you have to come to grips with who he is and at the same time come to grips with this fact that everything that you have belongs to God. I need you to look at your neighbor and with conviction say, everything you got belongs to him. Now, Now, let me back it up. With the scripture, Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Somebody say everything in it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people, everything belongs to him. It's all his. So now if it's all his, that means everything you have is his. Therefore, he then has the right, watch this, to ask you for it because it's not yours. Here's how you know what's yours and what's not yours. What you can legally leave with when you go into a place, what you legally can leave with is what's yours. When I was growing up, we had some cousins. And mama would literally hide her silverware when they came to the house. Because, you know, mama used to have statements I can't even say in church. Like, they'll steal the stink off, you know, it's kind of, you know, different kind of stuff. So mama said, them folks steal. They'll, they'll steal anything, so put it away. So my cousins, if they came in, they could not leave with stuff they didn't bring when they came. Are you hearing me? So that's how you know what actually belonged to them because whatever they had when they came in is theirs. Anything they picked up while they was there, they had to drop it when they went out the door. When you die, what do you take? Do you get to take your time, talent, or treasure with you when you die? No, because when you leave, you only get to leave with what you came with. The stuff that you was just borrowing for a while, you got to leave it where you borrowed it from. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? See, that's how you determine what's yours and what's his, because whatever you can take with you when you die, that's yours. Whatever you got to leave is his. And so you need to understand that when you leave here, you take nothing with you because you brought nothing in and if you come in my house and you leave with stuff you didn't bring you a thief unless I gave it to you 
But if I didn't give it to you, you stole that. And so here's what we understand as, uh, as new Christians and those who've been saved for a while, that everything we have literally belongs to God. And so God has the right to ask us for it because it's his. Are you hearing me? Time, let's start with that. Zacchaeus gave his time back to Jesus. Now, Zacchaeus is a hustler. Zacchaeus is a, is a moneymaker. Zacchaeus is the man. I mean, Zacchaeus, here's what Zacchaeus did. Zacchaeus is hired by the Romans. He's a Jew. He's hired by the Romans to collect taxes from his people. Look at your neighbor and say, no wonder they hated him. Oh, they hated him, y'all. I mean, they hated him. And he cheated on top of that because he could come and tell you, you owe the Roman government $75, when actually you only owe the Roman government $25. But you didn't know, and wasn't no documentation. You wasn't keeping no records. You give up the 75. Well, now he got your 75. The Romans only want how much from him? So he pocketed 50. I don't like it when y'all get quiet. Y'all ain't scamming nobody because, you know, people get quiet when you start talking about stuff they're doing. So that's why I'm going to make sure y'all ain't, y'all don't play me like that. I'm going to say amen. And so, so, he's, so he's taking advantage of his people and he's getting rich by taking advantage of them. He's telling them that, that the Roman government wants 75 from you and then he knows they only want 25. He keeps 50 and so he cheats. So he's cheated everybody. Now you begin to understand why they called him a notorious sinner. He's sinning big and he's making big money now. Jesus comes to town. Still talking about Zacchaeus giving his time. Jesus comes to town. And when he comes to town, there's a parade. He's coming through. Zacchaeus wants to see him. Zacchaeus has to stop hustling long enough to go downtown, climb a tree, and try to connect with Jesus. He has to take his time. Understand this. Time is the most valuable treasure you will ever have. Time is the only treasure on earth that once it's lost can never be regained. Money can be regained. Health can be regained. Credibility can be regained. Time is the only asset on the earth that once it's gone, it never comes back. It is gone and gone forever. And so at some point, Zacchaeus recognized that I needed to take the time that I would have spent making 10 grand because the 10 grand has not made me happy, has not given me joy. My marriage is still in shambles. My kids are still array, are in disarray. And so I'm going to take the time that I would have used to hustle and I'm going to go see Jesus because I've come to a place where what I've been doing is not satisfying me inside and I need something deeper. Therefore, I must take, watch, I must take time to go see Jesus. I cannot ask Jesus to come on his time. I've got to take my time to go see him because by taking my time and giving it to him, it puts me in his sight. Are, are y'all hearing me? What he did was he takes time to climb a tree. And climbing them sycamore fig trees was not easy. So he's climbing the tree. He ain't got long legs. So, you know, brothers, 
Brother's vertically challenged. So he, he's, he's doing all he can to climb this tree. I don't know how much time he spent climbing it, but by climbing it, it put him in Jesus' sight. See, here's why I've got to take the time to pray. I've got to take the time for worship. I must take the time for the scripture. I've got to take the time to be in God's house. I cannot say if I have time, I'll go to church because that would be silly of me. No, because, I, because I'm still alive, the time I have was given to me by God. Therefore, I don't make decisions about giving God my time. My time already belongs to God. And so when I put the time God God gave me in its rightful place it puts me in the sight of Jesus so if you're looking for somebody you want to bless your boy is right here I'm giving you my time because my time puts me in your sight somebody said what well, don't he see everybody yeah I don't want him to just see me I want him to see me y'all get what I'm saying there are people in the room that see you but there's somebody you really like you want them to not just see you you want them to see you don't just see me in the crowd. I need you to stand out. I need to be a standout to you. I need you to notice me. Here's what I found out about God, that when I use my time in the kingdom, it gets the attention of God. God notices women and men who give their time to the kingdom of God because by giving time, which is the most valuable asset in the world, they're saying, God, you're important to me. God, you really matter to me. And so God says, oh, so if I really matter to you, then I don't want to do some more for you so I can get more glory from your life because it looks like you want to give back to me everything I give you. As opposed to God then giving himself to somebody who God doesn't even really matter to. Because if he can't get your time, he is not important to you. And you can holler at the barbershop all you want to. God is first in my life. But if you ain't got time to go to church, he ain't. You can be at the beauty salon talking all day about it. Yeah, the Lord is Jesus. I love the Lord. Cry. I love him. I ain't got time to be going to church this Sunday. I got some other stuff I got to do. No, no. How you spend your time is the most reliable way to determine your priority. It is the most reliable way to determine what you're really about. Is how you spend your time. That's why time, and I can't teach on it today, should always be managed well. Because nobody has time to waste. Time is limited. Time is finite. Time is not infinite. We have a certain amount of time. And then one day that time is going to be gone. Psalm 139 and 15, let me read it to you. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the darkness of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had ever passed. Are you hearing me? And so that means in the life, my God, in the life of Zac Zacchaeus, it had already been mapped out 
before he was ever born. That on the day that we're reading about in Luke 19, that Zacchaeus would grow tired of being a notorious sinner and climb a tree in order to meet Jesus face to face. His days had already been mapped out. Are you missing the mapped out days for your life? Because here's what happens. When you respond to the mapped out days he has for you, that's when change takes place in your life. Now, remember, what did they call him? They called him the what? Two words. The notorious sinner. What was his name, his actual name? Zacchaeus. Let's talk about that. The name in Hebrew, Zacchaeus, means, y'all ain't ready for it, pure and innocent. What? Pure and innocent. How you get to be a notorious sinner with the name pure and and innocent. They called him notorious sinner. But when Jesus called him, he said, hey, pure and innocent, come down here. They were hot like fire because he wasn't no pure and innocent person that you're supposed to go to his house, Jesus. That's a, don't you know that's a notorious sinner. But you see, when you decide to give your time to him, you set yourself up for him to call you who you are, not who you have been. For him to call you what he designed you to be. And you see, what you are right now might be in total opposition to what, you, what he named you. What's in a name? Everything is in the name. Remember your boy Jacob? He wrestled with the, he wrestled, listen, Jacob in uh, the book of Genesis wrestled with an angel all night long. For this, he got, ding, 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 ding. What do we have for him behind door number one, Johnny? We have for Jacob a dislocated hip. Seriously? I fought all night long and all I got was my hip dislocated. Oh, and my name changed. When the night started, his name was Jacob, which in the Hebrew means cheater, con man, supplanter, get over. But in the morning, the angel said, your name now is Israel, which means prince with God. So when the fight started, you was a cheater. But when the fight ended, you was a prince with God. You see, when Zacchaeus started up the tree, he was a notorious sinner. But when Jesus saw him, he became pure and innocent. All it takes is an interaction with him. And what your time does for you, the same thing it's doing for you right now. It's putting you in the line sight of Jesus where you can have an interaction with him that will change your life for the rest of your life. All he needs is your time. Zacchaeus gives him his time. But not only does he give him his time, but he also gives him his talent. Y'all say, come on, man. Are you serious? He gave him his talent. So let me, let's talk through it. Because most people say things like this about Jesus. Oh, isn't it wonderful that even though he was a notorious sinner, in spite of his sin, Jesus went to his house. Oh, that's so sweet. Jesus overlooked his sin and went to his house anyway. You know what? That's so cool. They call him a notorious sinner. And Jesus still went to his house, even though they called him a notorious sinner. 
But Jesus didn't overlook him being a notorious sinner. He went to the house because he was a notorious sinner. Oh, oh, no, no. See, you think, oh, in spite of his wrongs. No, 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 no. Because of his wrong. Because Jesus calculated. Jesus said, this cat got juice. This is going to be a big enough place for me to preach. It's going to be some other folk in that house. It's going to be folk going to come just because I'm in there with him. I'm going to his house because he is the notorious. Jesus said, if I'm going to go to a sinner's house, I'm going big. I'm going to go to the most notorious sinner that they got. I'm, I ain't going with the low-level sinner. I'm going with the big. I ain't fishing for tuna. I'm fishing for sharks. I'm, I'm going for the biggest sinner in the place. I'm going, who is the biggest one? But the littlest one is the biggest one. His name is Zacchaeus. Let's go to his house then. Why are we going to his house? Because he has abilities that are working already in his life that he does not even know that I gave him those abilities. His ability to hustle, I gave him that ability to hustle. Y'all ain't going to like what I'm preaching right now, but I'm going to preach it anyway because I'm here to tell you that when you're in sin, you have gifts and abilities and talents that enable you to do stuff. Some of it's legitimate, some of it's illegitimate, but it's still the gift of God because you can pervert God's gift. Oh, you think everybody like you because you just that fine? It's always somebody flyer than you. It's always somebody cuter than you. You think they just want to be around you? You think everybody buying from you because you got the best deal? I'm going to let y'all fill in all the blanks. No, I'm going to tell you, there's something about you that it has always, even as a young person, has been attractive to other people and they've come to you to be around you. You were just so deep in sin, you didn't realize it was a gift from God and so you turned it into a hustle. So I just want to know now that God has saved you, why are you now just sitting in church and you ain't leading some small group up in the church? Since you were, you was leading a group getting high in the world, everybody came to your house, Everybody was in your connect group then. Why you ain't got a connect group now? Oh, y'all was blasted at y'all's house. And your house was the house. He always going to be right. We going to his house. He, he going to be straight. He going to have stuff. And he going to give a lot of stuff away. Now you done got saved and cranktified. Now you sitting up in church looking all deep like you ain't never been around people before. Like you don't know, like now you looking at me like I don't know what I'm talking about, but obviously you under a little bit of conviction because y'all talking to yourselves. Because you saying, well, this ain't us, is it? This ain't really me. I know he ain't talking to me. Nah, girl, we got it together already. There's something wrong with you because y'all having conversations with yourself. The reason you having conversations with yourself is because this word is all up in your business. Because you were a woman, you were a man that connected, that pulled him in for stuff that you had no business doing. But now God has saved you and delivered you. I want to know why you're not using your talent for the glory of God. When you was in the world, you could sell anything. You could sell, you could sell cat food to dog lovers. You could sell ice to Alaskans. You could sell anything you had, they would buy it. I want to know why you ain't carrying this gospel, why you ain't taking this thing to other people and sharing it with them. Because obviously, you have a talent that God gave you. 
Some of you, it might not be an informal talent. Maybe it's a formal talent. You, you're a, a great surgeon or a great janitor. Or maybe you're a, a magnificent sweet potato, make, sweet potato pie maker. I promised myself I would not use that example in this service because it threw me off last service because all of a sudden I could smell sweet potato pie coming up in my nostrils and I, I had to fight against it in Jesus' name because it was a distraction to me. But some of y'all, y'all can make a pie and it's the best. And you just tell me, Mama made me, Grandma told me how to make it. But you sitting around, you ain't got no money, but you could make stuff that everybody wants. And when you do make it, you give it away. And they just taking advantage of you. Everybody else selling their little cookies and stuff up in Walmart and the stuff is dry. People buying it because their name on it. But you actually are good at what you do. Walk around wondering why the Lord ain't blessing me. The Lord has already blessed you. He needs you to bring your talent in the kingdom and use it for the glory of God. Some of you have been through school. You finished this. You finished that. You know how to administrate. You know how to put this together. You know how to put that together. And all you do is work a nine to five job every day where you could be rocking and rolling in the kingdom. You could be, you could be knocking demons down in the kingdom if you just be a little like Zacchaeus and take your hustling self up a tree and say, Jesus, here I am. I'm ready to work. I ain't mad at you, hustler. I'm not mad at you, hard worker. I'm not mad at you, seven job holding down. I'm not mad at you making it work. I'm not mad at you putting it together. I'm not mad at you squeezing 11 dimes out of every dollar. I ain't mad at you. That's a kingdom talent. That's a kingdom ability. The Holy Ghost is in you. And now you need to say, God, how do you want me to use it? Because you've never even thought about it. You've never even thought about why God made me this way, why God wired me this way. Why, do, why does everybody come to me for advice? They was coming to you when you was high for advice. Just as messed up as you could be. They'd be like, that really helped me. That really helped me. Oh, my God, that really helped me. Oh, you're so good. You just really, you don't know how, you're like, whatever. Because you don't even realize that you have a gift from God. Now you're in the kingdom. Now you're sober. And you was more good when you was high. You help more folk blasted than you helping now and you save. Because you done got sober and God needs you to get drunk again. Not on what you used to get drunk on. He needs you to get drunk on him again. See, you got everything under control now because I'm not what I used to be. You need to be more like what you used to be just with a different kind of intoxication. You need to get high on him again because you was a nicer person then. You was a more loving person then. You reached out to more people then. Now we got you up in the kingdom and you know a bunch of scriptures, but don't nobody come over your house. You don't go over nobody's house. You don't meet with nobody. You ain't in nobody's group. You just me and Jesus. And that ain't nowhere in the Bible. There is no place for you and Jesus, just y'all two alone. Rest of y'all can go to hell. It's me and Jesus. That's what y'all, you know, we Christians say that all the time. 
We don't say it quite like I said it. We say it like this. Well, I don't, with them other people, whatever they want to do, they can do it. But I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm, I'm going to serve Jesus. They can do what they want to do. They want to go to hell. Go ahead. But I'm going to serve Jesus. That cannot be your attitude. He saved you. So this empowerment that you have, you don't send them to hell. You pull them out of hell because of what God has put inside you. There were folk, my God, can I preach y'all? There were folk that were broke. There were folk that were asking God for deliverance. There were folk that were saying, God, can you meet my need? And so Jesus didn't come and meet it. He just saved Zacchaeus. And when he saved Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus said, you broke four times what I took from you. I'm bringing it back to you. Here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to change your situation because I'm saved now. I'm going to change your situation because I'm delivered now. And so where he get the number from? I don't know, y'all. Four times. Who gives back four times what you stole? Two times as much is a lot. I know all of y'all say folks thinking, man, four times, that's a lot. I don't know if I'm going to get back that much. Four times what he stole. He, and y'all... He done robbed so many people. I know he done. It's not good grammar, y'all, but I said it for emphasis. He done robbed so many folk. He can't even, like, send an email to, like, the 15 people that he robbed. I robbed you at gmail.com. I took all your money at yahoo.com. I hit you for twice as much at yahoo.com. No, no, he came to He got to send a Facebook post to everybody. To everybody in town, because I do not remember y'all's names that I took money from, I need you to inbox me because I'm getting ready to send you back four times what I've taken from you. And then he says, and everybody that's broke, half of everything that I've ever made over the last 25 years, I'm getting ready to distribute it to everybody that's broke. Look at somebody say, no wonder Jesus went to his house. Watch this, y'all. When Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house, he set the whole town free. When he went to Zacchaeus' house, he changed a multitude of families' financial situation just by Zacchaeus. That's all you are is another Zacchaeus. All you are is a, is a Zacchaeus that God wants to have a, 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 an interaction with you where you give him your time and your talent so that other people's lives are transformed forever. That's all God wants out of you. The last one, I won't even take any time on the last one. He wants your time, he wants your talent, and he wants your treasure. And this is what uh, Zacchaeus made real clear. He said, everything I've got is yours. Now, he's already a Jew, so he's already tithing. And I want to say that to, to the new in the kingdom, that the tithe is not an offering. The tithe is something that is owed to God. It belongs to him. Amen? Maybe I should stay on point three a little while longer. The tithe is God's, Malachi 3. It tells us, matter of fact, I'll, I'll read it to you. And this will be kind of, we'll start closing right here because we're already past our time. So if you, just let me read this to you now. We'll try to close. Should people cheat God? Look at your neighbor and say, hmm. Should people cheat God? Yet. You have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me out of the tithes and offerings due to me. 
you are under a curse. For your whole nation has been cheating me. You cheated me and all of y'all been cheating me. That's what he says. Bring all the tithes to the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I'll open up the windows of heaven for you and I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it all in. Try it. I love this phrase. He says, put me to the test. Now, so, so listen, you all, I'm just simply telling you that this tithe belongs to God. And here's, I can prove it. Well, you'll even have to agree with me. Even if you don't want to do it, you'll have to agree that I'm right. The tithe belongs to God because you can't accuse me of stealing if I just kept your gift. Can you? I mean, if I have a Christmas present for you and I decide not to give it to you, does that make me a thief? Some of y'all are like, it depends on what it is. In principle, does that make me a thief? How many of you say no? How many say absolutely yes? How many of y'all say I don't raise my hand in church? That's half of y'all. I ain't answered nothing. No, I'm not a thief because the gift that I had for you is mine. Correct? If I take $20 off your desk and don't give that back to you, and it was yours, not mine. I take your $20 off your desk and I keep it. Am I a thief now? Yeses? Noes? It depends on why I needed it. I see y'all, that's why you didn't raise your hand to nothing. You and your situational ethics which is ungodly no no I, so what's the difference between the two scenarios the difference between the two scenarios is ownership correct because the gift is owned by me you can't say I stole it if I don't give it to you because the $20 is owned by you I am absolutely a thief if I take it, it the issue is ownership same thing in the kingdom that's why the tithe must already belong to him because he couldn't call us a thief for not giving it if it belonged to us if it was just a gift that I decide, it's my option, and if I decide and I have enough left over after I do everything else that I want to give God one dime out of every dollar, then I will. Praise the Lord. Stop tripping. Are you serious? Really? With all he did for me? And you going to limit me to giving you a dime out of every dollar? You have got to be kidding me. I am rescued from the cemetery because of you. I am delivered from the penitentiary because of you. I have a family because of you. I got grandchildren because of you. I'm alive. I'm living my best life because of you. And you want me to stop by giving you a dime? No, let's do this, Lord. How about this? How about you take 90 cents and I'll keep the dime because I ain't worth a dime no how without you. I might as well be the one to keep the dime. There is no way you're going to limit me to giving you a dime out of every dollar. And I ain't going to be calculating every two weeks talking about what is this now? I had $247.58. And now let's see, well, how much did I have to give to God? $24. Can I round that down? Yes, $24.76, not $77. And that's what goes to God. How dare you? There is no way under the grace of God that we are living under. We've been through a global pandemic and we're still alive. God has kept us every step of the way. God is still opening doors for us, making ways for us. You had electricity when you got up this morning, got clothes on your back, had a way in the church. 
church and you're going to play with God with a dime? No, I can't do it. God, you deserve everything I have. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm going to give you my all for the rest of my life and I'll still owe you everything that I have. So God, when it comes time to be Zacchaeus, I'm climbing the tree. I'm going to get in his sight. I'm going to give him my time. I'm going to give him my talent. And I'm going to bring you my treasure because I owe everything to you. Anybody in the building say, I owe it all to him. I need you to just start clapping your hands if you owe everything to God. I need somebody to stomp your feet if you owe everything to God. I need you to holler if you would never made it. If it had not been for the Lord on my side. Don't mess with me, y'all. Don't talk about time, talent, and treasure. It all belongs to God. I ain't trying to scheme to keep it. I'm scheming to give it. I ain't trying to scheme to hold it. I'm scheming to release it. I found out every time I bless him, I can't be God-given. I don't know about you. Can I go old school for 10 seconds? Every time I turn around, he keeps on blessing. I can't do it, y'all. Everybody stand, because I ain't going to never stop preaching if y'all don't stand up. I can't do it, y'all. I can't surrender to this self-centered, selfish world that we live in where folk take 25 minutes, four different light fixtures, and eight different poses to take a selfie. No, I look fat on that one. No, I look too skinny on that one. No, I'm too black on that one. No, I'm too light on it. Get it down. No. no, this ain't working. Put it over there. Put it on the little stand so when I move, it'll move with me. Oh, and that lighting look good now. Let me. And then that's what I get on Instagram, a selfie of you. Oh, oh my God. Oh gosh, you're so, oh. This is what I've been wanting all day long, was to see you in eight different lights with four camera angles in a selfie. You've made my day. Oh my God. Are you serious? It is the intoxication of our day. It is people drunk on themselves. We are really not all that. Take the picture and send it. It's still gonna be you. You still have the same freckles, same dimple, same spot, same blotches, same bald spot. It's all, and since we all know you, we know it was the lights. Cause you ain't never looked that good right in real life. So we know, we know that's lighting. We know that's, we, you think we that dumb. We don't know you spent 45 minutes with a makeup artist before you did, took the selfie. But I need you to hold it for this one. You need, I can't hold it. You need to hold it. A world that is about itself is a very tiny world. 
and a gift caught up in self is a gift of very little value. But when I understand that I am not the gift, but I carry the gift in me, and I take that everywhere I go, this changes lives. Come on, worship with me for a minute. God, we bless your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor you, Lord God. Thank you for your presence. Everybody, every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll be finished in about five minutes. If you'll just hang with me for a moment. Obviously, I missed you. I'm trying to keep you on church all day. Lord, thank you for your presence right now. If you're here and you say, Pastor, enjoyed the service, but I got to tell you, I'm not sure if I'm right with God, but I want to get right with God. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you pray with me today that I'll get right with God? Would you slip your hand up and say, that's me. You're talking to me. I, I want to get right with God. I'm not right, but I want to get right. Come on, slip it up and right back down. I see those hands. I see y'all fighting those tears. Come on, zip that hand up, put it right back down. Those tears are falling because the, the, the Lord's spirit is working in your heart right now. And that's part of your response even in your tears. Are you here and you say, Pastor, you know, here's my deal. I was serving God, but I got away from God. I, you know, and you don't have to tell me why, but I got away from God and I'm not now serving God like I once did, but I really don't like where I am in life. I want to come back to serving God like I used to. Would you slip your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to come home. I want to come back to where I belong. I see those hands. You're here and you say, Pastor, I've given my heart to Jesus, but I've kept it on the low. I haven't really told anybody. I haven't gotten baptized. I haven't publicly declared my faith. But I'm starting to feel like it's time for me to go ahead and go public and let folk know now that I'm saved. I'd like to, I'd like to think about getting baptized. Pastor, would you pray with me about getting baptized? Slip up your hand, would you? If that's you, I see you. I see you. I see you. And finally, <clears throat> you said, Pastor, you know what? I need a church home. I've been dating CRC for a while. I've been checking it out, but I've never, I haven't connected, but now I want to consider partnership with CRC because uh, I know I need a place where, not only a place to learn, but a place to go use my gifts and talents. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I'm, I need to, I want to get connected in the, in the local church. If you raise your hand to any of the four things that I just mentioned, I need you to just say, excuse me to the person beside you, grab your purse or your books, whatever you have and just come and walk up here and we're going to pray together come on don't look around see who else is coming you just come because you raised your hand just come on and i'll pray with you just come on right here and stand right here god bless you come on you won't be by yourself long there are others that are coming come on you all i'll wait for you would you come here you raise your hand and say pastor i want to get it right i want to i want to get it right with god would you come i'll wait for you I want to get baptized. Oh, I want to become a part of CRC. Would you just excuse me to the person beside you and just make the walk and I'll wait for you for just a moment. I'm not going to pressure you or push you to do it, but I want to give you time to be able to make a decision. If you're here and you're making a decision about serving Jesus and your issue is I failed the last time I made that step, understand that all of us do that. We all fall down, but we get up. And so I want you to know that you don't, you don't decide not to try because you failed. Come on, let's try again, would you? Come on, come on, meet me up here, and let's try again. Let's, let's, let's give God another. You know, we give everybody multiple opportunities except God. Let's give God an opportunity to work it out in our lives. If you'll come, we'll pray for you. Pastor, I'm kind of ashamed because I should know better, and I've kind of gotten away from the Lord. 
Don't let that keep you. Don't let shame keep you from getting what God has for you because God loves you. My sister and brother that are standing here with me, I'm just going to get you all of you to do just what you're doing. If you bow your head and close your eyes, real simple, I'll tell you exactly what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Come on, sir, we'll wait for you. Take time. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You're going to pray that prayer with me. Then after that, then I'm going to pray over you. And then after I pray over you, I'm going to get these brothers and sisters to take a couple minutes to talk with you and give you information. So if you came because you want to give your heart to the Lord, they'll give you information about that. If you came because you want to be a part of the church, they'll tell you about that. If you came because you want to get baptized, they'll tell you about that. Whatever you need, they're going to make sure that you have the information that you need. But let's start with praying together. Would y'all pray this prayer with me out loud? Church, pray along with us. Lord Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I I open my heart and I ask you to take over my life. I I believe you died for me and I know you rose from the dead. Now make me the person that you've always meant for me to be. I give you my life for the rest of my life. Now, Father, as I promised my brothers and sister, I pray over them. And I ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that whatever the need, whatever the concern, if they've come to get right with you, if they've come because they want to go public with their faith, if they've come because they're looking for a church home, or if they've come and they're not even totally sure why, I thank you, Lord, for meeting the needs of their lives and answering the questions of their heart. I trust you now to work it out for them and help us help them in their journey in Jesus name amen all right now if you all see this brother standing right here if you all will just follow that brother with the sign but walk that way yes sir if y'all walk that way we're gonna make sure that we get you there's some information that'll be helpful to you anybody here ready to give him time talent and treasure at a new level anybody want to step up anybody want to step up anybody want to step up Father, in Jesus' name, you hear us and you see us. We have decided to step up. We are going to serve you at a new level. We're going to give our time at a new level. We're going to give our talents at a new level. We're going to even give our treasure at a new level. We thank you, Lord, for the grace that you've shown us. Lord, oftentimes we haven't moved when you told us to do, and we told us to, and we haven't obeyed you when we should have, but yet you've always had mercy on us, and your grace has kept us. And so, Father, we don't, we don't exploit that grace, but we appreciate the grace. And now, Lord, we decide today that we're stepping up, and like Zacchaeus, you're going to have our time, our talent, and our treasure. We ask you to help us to give like you gave. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you, and we have some tools to help you on your journey. Just text JESUS to 48074. To find out more about Calvary Revival Church, text GUEST to 48074. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make a difference.